The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. All right, turn it off, Karen. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. I've got Mark Daly and Kara Waddell. Kara, you old enough to remember this song? This is Meatloaf. Very good. Now, you might be wondering, why am I playing this song? Well, I don't know if any of you caught the, uh, you know, House Committee on Financial Services hearing regarding the game stock. No, I saw the headline, though, but I... Well... You know, Maxine Waters, right, which is the chairperson, was... I can't believe she's a chairperson of anything. ...had the gavel in her hand uh. and, and, you know, drilling these these CEOs of Robin Hood and Citadel and all the other players. And it reminded me of the song. Okay. So this is from... Um... Rocky Horror, isn't it? No, it's from the Battle oh, of the Hell, okay. but Meatloaf was in Rocky okay, Horror. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, there's a great connection, Battle of Hell in Cleveland, but I'm not going to get into okay. that today. 1976. Um, but, but let me see if I can find, you know, the, 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 the point. So, so I, I, I tried to listen to Maxine Waters' hearing. Okay. And, of course, you know, she's the one that... um. You know, Mad Mac, and she's one. You know, she wanted to charge Trump with premeditated murder. Right? Do you remember that? <laughs> That's so ridiculous. No, this is her direct quote: "They are following the president of the United States of America, who had advanced planning about the invasion that took place in our capital." Water said the writers. There's information that some of the planning came out of individuals working in his campaign. As a matter of fact, he absolutely should be charged with premeditated murder because the lives that were lost with this invasion, with this insurrection. Hmm. That's a stretch. All right, so let me see if I can get this thing going here, Carrie. We are going to talk about financial news too today. No, but. The stock market is a powerful. So this is the lad. This this is. Did you hear the gavel? Uh, I would like you to use your limited time to talk directly to what happened January 28th and your involvement in it. Certainly. Madam Chair, Madam Chair, the witness has the opportunity to, to, to give their own testimony. Excuse me, you're you not your time for your questioning. You are not recognized, uh, Mr. Uh, she, I think she's, she didn't even know the guy's names. So, so first of all, she called, you know, the guy's name is, you know, Vlad Teneve. You know, he's the CEO of Robinhood. I think she called him Mr. Sepp. Now, now it's being done by Zoom, right? Right. Um, and, you know, and so the, at the Zoom meeting, so they, they really can't. So the, the lead doesn't even know if she's talking to him now because I think she called him Mr. Sepp. And so he's like looking out of the corner of his eye like, are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. And so then he tries to, you know. You know, he tries to go into this, you know, prepared statement, and, and she ain't going for it. Uh, please go right ahead and speak directly to the question. I can't, right? On January 28th, you represented uh, to the media that there was no uh, liquidity problem. Yeah, I want to know, Isn't too, what happened. that being concerned about having enough capital uh, to meet deposit requirements, isn't that... A liquidity problem? Or could you just answer yes or no? Chair, you Waters, I can you just answer the yes opportunity or no? To address that. Just yes or no? We Jeez. always felt comfortable with our liquidity and the additional capital that Robin Hood raised. Please answer yes or no. She's a little aggressive, man. 
It's not time. I just need a yes or no answer. I, I stand by my statement. The additional capital we raised wasn't to meet capital requirements or deposit requirements. Excuse me. I'm reclaiming my time. She's reclaiming her time, Karen. <laughs> after Robin Hood paid, uh, is it your testimony after Robin Hood paid the SEC $65 million to settle those charges that this conflict of... So this is why it remind me of this song. Oh my goodness. Yes or no? <laughs> She's a little aggressive though. Yeah, and, and so then. And he's trying to go back and say. So Citadel Securities is an important counterparty. Nobody's denying that. The reason that... Gentlemen, answer yes or no, I'm reclaiming my time. Oh my gosh, she's like not even giving him a... She's a good listener, isn't she, Carrie? Retail volume, please, yes or no. I can't take it any longer, Carrie. Lord, I was crazy when I was trying to listen to this thing. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if we found out anything about what really happened. Mm. Or if there's any, you know, thing that Maxine Waters is going to fix the situation. She doesn't care if she wants a yes or no. again. <laughs> so, you know, so, Carrie, once again, I think our Congress is broken. I think it's been broken. And I think they're finished. And, uh. you know, I think we need a, uh, you know, a constitutional convention and throw them all out. All right, Carrie, all right. that's it. Done with political. Get us all started. Right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information and news that may impact your financial life and hopefully give you make you aware of concepts and planning strategies and choices that you have that you may not know and hoping hoping bringing it back to people taking action and controlling what they can. Certainly in this world, there are plenty of things, not only COVID, our Congress, our government, lots of things going on that we have no control over. But there are a lot of things you can do when it comes to your financial life, which is true. If you're working and thinking, how am I ever going to afford to retire? or And you're worried about things like inflation, which we talked a little bit last week, and you gave that example, Mark, of your father-in-law, and, you know, hyperinflation, and rising healthcare costs, which has always been an ongoing issue, spending, um, market volatility, and certainly rising taxes. And right now we have more favorable tax rates. So you want to take advantage of all the opportunities you can. Um, And those are the things that we talk about on the show. We are sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been around Cleveland now more than 35 years, helping people through the different steps of the planning process. We believe in customized plans and an approach to whatever recommendation we make. We believe in objective, unbiased analysis and coordination of advisors and making sure all of your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. So it's not even important to make that recommendation, but helping the clients through the implementation process, because so many times that we found that when people said, oh, I did that. And then when you check on it, well, it didn't get done correctly. And it's it's the follow through. Um, we offer a free no obligation consultation. We're doing those by phone or in person. So if you need a little bit of help you um, or a lot of help, either way, we're willing to talk with you and see what value and benefit we can provide you. And we are, again, meeting in person with precautions. We disinfect and do all the right things and wear masks. Um, and I know some people, we've been meeting with people in person that would like to. Or if you don't, we can do that by phone as well. And take advantage of a free no obligation consultation. Um, if we can help you, then we'll give you a couple options. We have hourly planning options or we have comprehensive, all-inclusive retainer options as well. And we're not investment advisors. What we do is very different. You can listen to the show about the different concepts that we talk about, financial disruptors, and so much more. We find um, that too many people run out and buy something they don't need, don't understand, or how it's going to fit. 
maybe first you start with a plan first to find out what you need. Can you use what you have already? Is it just a matter of modifying and making adjustments and um, looking at the big picture, long-term perspective in your financial life? Take advantage of a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. And the website also has some incentives and discounts if people decide to come in and take advantage of the free consultation and decide to use either option. So there's discount incentives on the website, or if you call the office and leave a message, I will tell you about it on Monday morning when I give you a call back. You can call again, 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. And I'm Kara Waddell, and I have Mark Donnelly here with me this morning. Yes, and the state plan team has been helping Cleveland families build those custom financial plans for over 35 years. And so, yeah, so today's show, Carrie, I'm going to, you know, the theme of today is uh, channeling Ellen Foley there. Uh, yes or no? Jeez. All right, so... Um, that was aggressive. <laughs> That's Mad Max. She doesn't fool around. Yeah. She doesn't listen to anyone, but she doesn't fool around. I mean, did you want answers or did you just want, I don't know. Yeah. She wanted to reclaim her time, right? Um, reclaim my time. <laughs> she, 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 she coined that, that phrase. And that gavel, man. Yeah, that gavel was flying. Um, I, I just don't think the Zoom hearings are are doing a lot of good, but mm. they'll keep going. What about the stimulus check marks? I did see. You know, they say maybe mid March. Yeah, they have to get maybe? it done. They have to get that unemployment back going in mid March. That's what they. I think. I, you know, I think there, I, there will be a stimulus check. I do believe. I believe it's going to be fourteen hundred. Right. Not sure on the income phase outs mm-hmm. yet. Um, don't know. Um, as we always said, you know, if you died in twenty twenty, you're still going to get it. So not only, you know, if you died in 2020, Carrie, you get the stimulus check. You also still get the vote, apparently, right? Um, <laughs> but if, um, but we'll talk a little bit about, you know, depending on your particular tax situation, whether you should be trying to file your 2020 tax return before the third round stimulus check or after, you know, and, and uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, too. Um, so you can always go back and catch our podcast. Um, yes or no on inflation. That That's a good, um, y- you know, uh, yes. Uh, yes or no. Are we are we on the rebound? Is the K-shaped recovery or are we still going to bounce downward again? You know, mm. you know, we had jobless claims. Going the wrong direction, Gary. Right. Again. Again. You know, 861,000, worse than forecast, 773,000 this week. Um, you know, the previous week was revised upward negatively from 793,848. So the trailing three weeks revised is 823, 848, and 861. Not good. Going the wrong direction, right? Um we had the, you know, the PPI come out this week, Carrie. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's the producer's price indexes, right? right. Now, well, we talk a lot more about CPI, but PPI came out and bam, you know, way up, you know, surging, you know, um, up 1.3%, you know, you know, was not expected. Everything's up. Food and energy's up. Gas is up. Um, you know, so, you know, retail sales were, uh, you know, so, so, you know, we have this debate, yes or no, should you be changing your financial plan if you believe that inflation is about to rear its ugly head? All right. Now, you, you also, though, have the new Biden administration who is, you know, working along with, you know, Janet Yellen, you know, the new Treasury Secretary, and Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman. They're all on the same page saying we're not worried about inflation. Um, you, you, know, the, mm. they, you know, they're saying, you know, the risk of overheating the economy is much less than the risk of failing to heat it up enough. Okay, Um, you know, Janet Yellen, her quote, I have spent many years studying inflation and worrying about inflation, but we face a huge economic challenge here and tremendous suffering in the country. We have got to address that. That's the biggest risk. Right. Um, Jerome Powell, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell, he pushed back the idea that the economy was in the risk of overheating, you know, saying that prices could show a brief pop in the coming months as they rebound from very low readings last year, you know, and, you know, said the economy, you know, could see what he referred to as a burst of spending, right? You know, that's the 
revenge spending, right? That's all the pent up spending that, you know, you know, think about it, Carrie, you know, when, if this vaccine works, all right. And, you know, and they pass the, the $1.9 trillion and drop $1,400 in, in everybody's laps again. Okay. With the, the third round stimulus check. And then the country opens up completely, maybe by July 4th, the holiday. Can you imagine the, the burst of spending that's going to be? Mm, I don't know. It's going to be gonna take huge. Um, I don't know. You know, um, so, you know, that could temporarily spike prices, right? If there's that much pent-up demand, right? Um, but, you know, Powell's saying he, he doesn't expect that would be, incre- I mean, would, would be that way for the long term. Uh, you know, um, now you have a lot of opponents, a lot of people, you know, again, who who says, you know, Jerome Powell couldn't see inflation coming if he was using the Hubble telescope. Right. You know, and, you know, the idea that, you know, the side, you know, and when they're the opponents are saying, hey, one another, are you kidding me? Another two trillion dollars. You know, the size of that package outstrips the size of the hole that the Rona has left in the economy. You know, with, with so many dollars chasing a limited supply of goods and services, they argue purchasing power could erode and the Fed might need to abruptly, you know, lift interest rates, which could send the economy back into a downturn. The double dip recession, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's now you could, you know, so, so, you know, last week, you know, I talked about, you know, inflation and you mentioned I talked about hyperinflation. I was given the hungry example in, in, in the, in the 1945, 1946, where, you know, that's hyperinflation where prices were doubling every 15 hours, right? right? You know, um, so, you know, now if so, if you're worried that inflation is going up one percentage point, I, I really don't consider that hyperinflation. But still, it will impact. I mean, some people are concerned about it going up a percent or two. Right. Now, now, now you may you hear a lot of press about it because it the it may it may show it may change the direction of the stock market. It, it may change the direction of mortgage rates. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't have an effect, but I don't know if you need to be jumping off the bridge. OK, and worried about hyperinflation or even double digit inflation. Um, let's not even call it hyperinflation. Um, now, you know, so is it reinflation or reflation, I guess, is the, the, the you know, what is reflation, right? You know, well, reflation is um, is described, you know, the act of stimulating the economy by increasing the money supply or by reducing taxes. Well, I don't think Democrats are going to reduce taxes. OK, but seeking to bring the economy, the economy, specifically the price levels back up to the long term trend following a dip in the business cycle. I mean, that's what the Federal Reserve has been saying. I mean, it's no news. The Federal Reserve is saying they're willing to let the inflation float above 2%. As a matter of fact, they've been stymied on why inflation isn't at 2%. Mm -hmm. It it may get there real quickly. Um, But that's okay. That's what they're saying. They're saying, we're okay. That doesn't mean that it's going to float to 10%. Right. (laughs) Maybe two and a quarter, two and a half. Do I hear three? Okay. Um, So, you know, again, you know, know, you've got to say, how does that affect uh, you? Now, at the estate planning team, we've always... You know, build, when we build a financial model, we always use conservative, realistic assumptions, right? And different inflation rates for different right. types of expenses. So we never left, you know, the 3 to 3.5% three inflation rate on daily living expenses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically we're using 4 to 5% on health care increases, right. you know, medical expenses or college education funding if a client right. was, you know, protecting the future college costs, um, you know, unless the client wanted us to use a different... See, see, it's your plan, not mine. And that's the thing. By having these financial models, you can customize any part, Mark. I remember one time we had somebody with healthcare really concerned, we had that inflation rate at 8%. If you want to see what's going to happen longevity and if you can afford, if we had 8%... Healthcare cost each year, we can run it. Yes, you know, and and that's the idea. You know, no matter you know, we have the capability when we're building a financial plan to say we could use any inflation factor on any any expense that you you want. I I mean, you just you just tell the robot, hey, for this particular expense category, I want to use this rate of inflation. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep the inflation constant over the next thirty years, right? You could say it's X now, it's going to go up to Y, it's going to come back down to Z. I mean, that over the next 10 years. I mean, that's how sophisticated you could get. See, all I'm saying is that 
if you're just going to go out into the robot, see, the robot may forget to ask you if you want to use different inflation rates for the different characteristics of the expenses. Because sometimes also people put in when they've done those like online calculators or those easy plans is they put in a number. I spend 5000 a month. Well, all of that may not be day-to-day mandatory. All of it may not be inflationary. And let me tell you, it makes a big difference when you start breaking out you know, your mortgage or your fixed payments or things that aren't necessarily inflationary that you have discretion over, it makes a big difference, especially when you're talking 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Absolutely. Percentage points matter. Now, see, but the idea of building a model, a financial model, is that you're doing it on paper or on the computer. In other words, it's just trying to help you be get in a decision-making mode. See, 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 I'm okay if a client wants to be specific about what inflation rates they want to use, mm-hmm. because there's really, and does anybody really know what inflation will be no. in the future? Um, you know, so, so, you know, you can say, well, Mark, what if they use one that's not realistic? See, see, that doesn't bother me. See, I, I've been running financial plans for decades. See, I understand the concept of a financial model. See, and, and I believe in the axiom, all models are wrong. But some are useful. So the idea of running multiple financial models, maybe in this example, based on varying or, or, or an increasing inflation rate, just gives you the, uh, the, the, the data to say, OK, do I need to be worried about that? Do I need to change my financial plan? Meaning, do I have to work longer than what I was planning? Or do I, if I'm already retired, do I have to go back to work? Or maybe before that, how much discretionary spending do I have to cut and still be okay? See, see, that's the power of having a financial planning model based on conservative, realistic assumptions. And it's the, and the, important, and the important realization is that you don't do a model once and put it in the sock drawer for 30 years. The idea is that it, you know, it's based on the, the, you know, what assumptions you're making today. And then as life, as reality changes the assumption you made, you know how to go in and change your plan accordingly. You could say, you know, so it doesn't sneak up on you. I can guarantee you this. We're not going to go from 2% inflation to 10% overnight. It's just not going to happen. Now, would we get now, but if we do see, you know, the consumer price index and the PPI and the other, you know, real data showing that inflation is starting to raise. Okay. Now you say, hey, I have to go in now and now I'm going to change my plan. You know, but but if you don't have a way to monitor your progress, I don't know if you ever get to that point. That's why it's so important to say, you know, a lot of people say, well, Mark, why should I build a financial plan? I don't know what inflation is going to be in the future. I don't know what Congress is going to do. And I certainly don't know what's going to happen in the stock market. But at least you have a way to measure. Are you on track? What opportunities are you going to be okay in the long run? And that's the only way to do it. And a lot of times it gives people peace of mind that, hey, I did, I, you know, I talked to a woman this week that um, who took advantage of free. She was worried that she had to work till 75. She thought there's no way she doesn't have to work till. I mean, when I ran the numbers, at least the preliminary for the free council, she works till 75. We do all the spending and she even threw in some just I mean, it was rough numbers as far as expenses. No way she has to work. She has been dreading thinking because she's 69 that she has to work to 75 because she's divorced I mean, she's making good right. money, but she was worried about expenses, health care, everything else. And you know what? She's worrying about something she really doesn't need to worry about. Certainly, it's then coming back and saying, how soon? You don't have to work to 75. How long do you have to work? And what do you have to earn? But maybe you only have to work part-time right, for the, X amount of years. or The encore career, And, and understanding you, if she retired now, what that meant for spending like maybe she could retire. You can retire, we always say, any day. What does that translate to future spending? And maybe you do want to do some of that discretionary. But you can play these what-if games and then measuring for our clients. Like now we're getting in and we have been the net worth update. You know, we like to usually, um, unless somebody's in the middle of the process, start at December 31st, get those values. In January, we're sending our clients net worth updates and saying a lot of people are ahead of plan. Go figure. Um, with COVID, one, they didn't, you know, the market was up. And two, 
a lot of people didn't spend what they thought they did with, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with travel and hobbies and other things. Three, a lot of people got unemployment that they, you know, was worth more than what they were um, expecting. So in income. So it's just always managing and monitoring. Right. So let me try to give you an example of what we mean by running various inflation rates and how by running the models maybe helps you in a decision-making mode, right? So a common one, Carrie, that, that we talk about with all our new clients is building an appropriate health insurance premium budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're if they have to go through the, th- the you know the three phases yet meaning they're in the phase right now where they're working covered by employer plan then phase 2 is if they retire prior to medicare eligibility uh, you know that's a phase 2 and then eventually at 65 med- they go on medicare or phase 3 right so you know and and that's what we saw when we started working with the baby boomers you know many many years ago that a lot of baby boomers coming in in a pre-retirement planning mode had you know when we when we when we saw that they when we had our questionnaire for a new client about what are you planning for future health insurance premiums wise and they're like well they would leave it blank right and they're mm-hmm. like well mark i thought medicare was free and it's like not exactly um you know and and so so how would we, how would we do that so so in other words we build, uh, you know, so we build a model, in other words, and, and then, you know, so you've got a couple, right? And you have to build it separately because husband and wife, you know, may not always be the same age. You know, if you're both working, you may be under your own respective right. employer plans. Um, if one of you could be going on Medicare before the other, um, you know, all of the, and one of you may be retiring before Medicare eligibility, the other might not. So, so, you know, and, and of course, if you want to look at it at the end of life, one of you may die before the other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the big expenses that go away at the first death, right? If you're trying to build out your income replacement needs plan, right? Um, but, you know, so back to the, the, the health insurance, you know, expense projection, right? So, you know, you start in, in so I'm looking at the schedule and this is one where, um, so the first thing is, you know, if you don't know what it costs, you got to go out and get educated, you know, or get quotes or, you know, we can talk about it. For example, what does Medicare B cost? Well, for this year, if you're starting on Medicare, Medicare B is $148.50 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, it can be a lot higher than that. It's progressively weighted, but, you know, just, you know, it's a starting point. And then, of course, you may pick up a Medicare supplemental plan. So in this case, the clients went out and got quotes, and um, it was going to be about two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay, so you have one hundred and forty-eight fifty a month for Medicare B, two hundred and fifty a month for a Medicare supplemental, and then they picked up a prescription drug plan that was going to be about twenty-two bucks a month. Okay, so we have some quotes. Now those are today's prices. You now in this particular couple, they're not going on Medicare yet, so we have to take today's numbers and project it out with inflation. So you know, when, so they wanted to start with you know four percent inflation. Okay, on the cost of health care. And right now, that's pretty much where it's actually, you know, the, the health care prices have come down a little bit now that Obamacare is kind of entrenched now in the system. Um, but, you know, a lot of our clients are still running five. As you had mentioned, sometimes our clients want to run, you know, higher than five. Mm-hmm. Um, now, while they're working, you know, they were covered under, you know, his employer plan. There was it was a heavily uh, a subsidized plan. I mean, their total health insurance for the both of them was about seventeen hundred bucks a year. That's why it wasn't even on their radar. That, you know, because they didn't even you know they, they didn't even consider that a, an issue. You know, I mean that was coming out of his paycheck. They, you know, you know, they didn't even think about it. But the idea is he wanted to retire. Now he he didn't want to retire until he was sixty five because he wanted then to go right on Medicare. Now, she was a few years younger, so she's going to have to pick up some type of coverage while, you know, he retires. So she's off her, his employer plan. Right. And he goes on Medicare. She can't yet. So she's got to go out and find. So she went out and got quotes. You know, that could be going to the healthcare exchange, could be going to a private carrier. She came back with a quote of about seven hundred and forty five dollars a month. OK. OK. Um, and that's for that's a month. That's not a year. Remember, you always right. tell the story, right, about the the one the one person you were working with, and... right? Because he never paid a dime. His employer covered him, and his wife's health care never came. He never had it deducted. So he called, and I think he we said get a quote because he was allowed to continue the coverage. And he goes, "Oh, it's only three hundred dollars a year." And I was like, three And I was like, "No, I would." 
guess that it's going to be a month I would go back. And he was shocked because in the 30 some years he worked at this company, he never he was lucky enough as a huge benefit package never to pay anything. Right. And and I and I had to tell him that even 300 a month was an extreme was like a bargain. See, that's when Carrie and I started realizing that a lot of baby boomers don't have a clue Mm -hmm. how to build a health care budget in retirement. Um, and you know, and, and, and the other thing that misled everyone is that, that, that one fidelity study comes out every year that says, Oh, the cost of healthcare for a 65 year old retiring is about 250 or I think it's up to about 285,000 a year. It's like, that's, that's shortcutting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's if you go on a Medicare advantage plan where there's no premium. Um, but now you're risking that Medicare advantage will be, be able to remain free forever. That may be difficult as more and more baby boomers go on that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it will stay free forever, but you know, or that may be for one person, but for a couple, I don't know if two hundred fifty thousand is going to cover it. So back to this schedule. So now we've got. Um, so basically, their one thousand seven hundred dollar cost now, while they're both covered by the employer plan. You know, next year when he's on Medicare and she's on Obamacare, um, it's going to jump to fourteen thousand five hundred. From 1700 right? Uh, okay. okay. Um, then, though, when she then goes on Medicare later on, it's going to drop down because Medicare is going to be cheaper than Obamacare. Right. Okay. Um, and it's going to drop down to about 11800 Now, I'm adding 4% inflation onto that every year. Okay. Now, these are just the premiums. By the way, this doesn't cover out-of-pocket, deductibles, your your deductibles, vision, dental. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is this is insurance. We don't forget about those in the plan. I'm just right. for radio. I'm just going over the premium schedule. Right. All right. Now, um, so so now, so we're taking that, and then we're running out. Now, they're, they're, they're peace of mind. They said, Mark, I want the plan run into ages 93, 90. Okay. That was their, you know, uh, peace of mind. All right. Um, and so, you know, doing that, adding up the 30 years of those health insurance premiums the t- at a 4% inflation is $570,000. Hmm. That's shocking to a lot mm-hmm. of baby boomers. Now, granted, that's over 30 years. And that's with 4% inflation. Now, now some people say, well, Mark, I don't think 4% inflation is high enough because I'm worried about this uh, hyperinflation that's coming. Okay. Okay. So we just tell the robot, okay, recalculate the number based on 5% inflation. Okay. Assuming that they follow the same pathway in, in what, you know, premiums, what insurance they go for. So now, so the 4% number was 570000 Inflation using 5% is $675,000. You want me to go higher? Okay. Mm-hmm. How about 6% inflation? Okay. So at 6% inflation, it's $803,000. A bit higher than two fifty. Okay. All right. Um, now you see the power of inflation. Um, but, you know, so if you, you know, and, and now again, what if you say, well, Mark, I believe in Biden, Powell, and uh, Yellen. Okay. So I'm, I want to say 3%. I don't even think it's going to be 4 okay. I actually think it's going to be free, but let's not go there quite right. yet. So I think it's going to be four, uh, 3%. Okay. So at, remember, at 4%, it was 570000 for the 30 years. At 3%, it's about 484000 Okay. okay. See, you see, it's not as it seems more dramatic when you increase it than when you decrease it. But the point is, see, now it, how, how many seconds did it take me to go through that? But at least now that gives you an idea that says, OK, you, you know, um, Carrie, if that's Chuck Reddick, I'm not here. OK, um, but it, it, it goes into the idea that I, it leaves me decision making mode because now I can I can independently run different financial models based on whether or not I'm going to use a higher rate of inflation or a lower rate of inflation, or if I do want to run a higher rate of inflation, what does that do to the longevity of my plan? 
Right. And that's what we can use with the financial model. That's one example of how we go about this, these if then scenarios and playing with that um, at the estate planning team. And if you want to see if we can help you or what value we might be able to provide you, we'll be honest. We'll let you know we've been around a long time and we want people to want to work with us. So, you know, if you have the free consultation, that's fine. Um, And you can do that by phone or in person. Remember, the website has some incentives or if you leave a message, I will explain those to you on Monday morning. If you take advantage of a consultation that's free and no obligation and then decide to use our services. Um, We have affordable hourly and retainer options and we help people with a lot of issues that impact their financial life and concerns and worries today. And that's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And just a couple of tax briefs here, too, Carol. We're not quite into March Madness, but don't look now, but it's coming fast, right? Okay. Um, but a couple of things, um, just just going around the, the, the basis here. All right. Um, if, if you're dealing with irrevocable trusts, you know, that file 1041 tax returns. You know, remember, individuals file 1040s, mm-hmm. uh, trusts and estates file 1041s. Perhaps you inherited um, money from a parent who left the money in trust, didn't leave it to you outright, for example. Um, you know, there's a, there's a 65-day rule that we're, don't look now, but we're coming up to the 65 days. Um, so what is the 65-day rule? That is the idea that, you know, you have 65 days from the end of the calendar year which always, you know, in this case, it takes you to March 6th. It's coming up here pretty quick, where you can determine how much of the trust taxable income you want to distribute to the beneficiary. And, you know, the idea is that, you know, the trust, you know, 1041, that the individual, you know, tax rates are a lot lower than the trust and estate tax rates, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, if, and if I'm if I'm losing people in the weeds, that's okay. You know, but this is the idea of coordination of advisors. So right now, see, we're working with our clients who are in that situation. We are working very closely with if they're not trustee of the trust, whoever the trustee is. um, Also, the CPAs who are preparing the trust tax returns and or the individual's tax returns. And it's a coordinated effort to say, hey, what should be the amount of the taxable distribution to the beneficiary that 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 leads to the lowest total income taxes paid to the government mm-hmm. if that's your goal okay and you know if you if 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 you're in that situation and you're not having that discussion you need to call us right because uh, this is one of the things that coordination advisors, so we might not have all the answers, but we know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors. So we have many clients right now that over the years, they're now, they, they know they do this in, in the beginning of the year. Year They say, okay, let's get the 1041 pro forma done by the CPA. Let's get the 1040. Uh, now, it's a lot easier if you're using the same CPA, but that's not always right. the case. Um, let's get the 1040 pro forma. So, let, you know, so plan a, scenario A is if you, you know, don't make any distribution. Plan B is if you make X amount of distribution. And the idea is that you're distributing the income. So, in other words, it's not being taxed at the trust level at the higher tax brackets. It's being flowed through on a K-1. It's being taxed at the individual level, mm-hmm. you know, at the much lower tax rates. Um, but there's thresholds and there's other things you need to be aware of. So it's just, it's, if you, so if that, you know, if, if, if you're in that situation where typically, and, and it occurred a lot of times a new client coming to us when we identify that this is, they're in that scenario, they always wonder, they always scratch their heads and they said, Mark, I never really understood how I was getting that K1 anyways, right? or who was determining it or why or what, or, and I didn't even know the trust pays a higher tax rate. Mm-hmm. Then, because in in one sense, it's maybe all your money in the end, so you may still want to maximize or minimize the income taxes, and that's what that sixty five day rule is all about. But we still don't see a lot of uh, you know when new people come in to see us and they're in that situation, they're not aware of that, and and how could they be? I mean, that's really getting into the weeds. It's complicated, but it's going to make a big monetary difference to 
you know, it's all about what you get to keep. Yeah. Now, now, now let me go to another um, Ohio. Okay. So are you aware, and I want to bring this up because this has come up a couple of times with our clients in that, um, you know, because of the COVID pandemic, you know, Mike DeWine, you know, last March, he declared Ohio under a state of emergency. Okay. And part of that was that he put out a bulletin. Now, for those, you know, it's bulletin 2020-07. Okay. Ohio Department of Insurance. Okay. All right. And basically what the purpose of the bulletin was that DeWine said he wanted to make it at least or a 60-day grace period to pay any insurance premiums. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, property and casualty, life insurance, long-term care insurance. Okay. You know, and the, and so let's take life insurance, Carrie. In other words, so if, if you're funding a life insurance policy that has an annual premium, you understand what the grace period is, right? In other words, mm-hmm. there's the due date, which is usually tied to the contract, you know, the, right. the date of the policy. And then they usually give you, if you miss paying by that time, what's usually what, Carrie, maybe a 30-day grace 30. period? It's a common in the industry, right. right? But under this DeWine's, you know, uh, stimulus package or, or right. pandemic um, emergency, state of emergency, he made it 60 days. Okay. So, and, and it really, um, you know... This means insurers should offer payment accommodations such as allowing consumers to defer payments at no cost, extending payment due dates, or waiving late or reinstatement fees, where consumers are unable to make timely payments of premium or fees due to COVID nineteen related disruptions. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna that's for in general. However, if you have which some of these people who are coming in now have policies with um, lifetime guaranteed benefits, saying if you pay the premium no matter what the market does in, in a fixed new or a fixed life insurance policy. Um, it's more of these uni- universal life or flexible adjusted life um, that as long as you pay the premium by the due date, the death benefit keeps going for a lifetime. So in that case, you may be able to pay it late or 60 days or even 30 days, but it does impact the guarantee on the policy, which is something different. And I think people don't always understand. Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying there won't be a few right. uh, lawsuits over this right. decree, because you know it depends on what you know what I guess Governor Dewine meant when he said that um, you know the the insurer should offer payment accommodations um, at no cost, extending payment due dates, or waiving late or reinstatement fees. See, I, I don't know. I think know. that's vague. Like, uh, you think it's fake, Eric? <laughs> and, and I was going to say, does, obviously, it's do vague. you think my insurance? Yeah, I don't know. But, it, you know, it, it, there is a situation that um, if you if you if you say, oh, if you realize it was 31 days late and maybe you let a policy lapse and right. you're still in and you still have another 30 days, you know, um, get on the phone, you know, talk to your agent um, or call us and we'll help you talk to the agent or the 800 number, the home office. You know, it, again, it, it could be um, where something. All right. Um, let's see what else did I want to talk about, Carrie? Uh, yeah, so the uh, all right, I want to talk a little bit about RMDs. I haven't talked about RMDs in a while, Carrie. No, we haven't, and that's a big issue for people. Although uh, last year, if you look at our podcast with RMDs suspended, that was a big topic, right? And then last year, they delayed required minimum distribution with the Secure Act, which we talked about early last year, but kind of got muddied when we hit COVID and CARES Act, where it um, changed the minimum required distribution to right. 72. So so now we're in 2020, and guess what? RMDs, they're back, Harry, right? Um, so that's so that's a first question that we're getting a lot and saying, you know, Mark, you know, are the RMDs going to be suspended again for 2021? And I don't think they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, why do I say that? Well, see, to me, the reason why they were waived, you know, in 2020 was twofold. Certainly, the Rona mm-hmm. directly, you know, caused a, a fact, right, with that the health and financial hardship. 
Um, but but there was a second element. Now you could say the second element was a direct uh, related to the COVID, but shutdown. But that was when the stock market crashed in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. See, that's what caused Congress to act. It wasn't, in my opinion, the fact that just the Rona, you know, was out there and that they were going through a shutdown. It was that when in combination of the stock market crashing. You know, the S&P was down over 30 percent, right? Because that's what makes the RMD unfair, right? Because, you know, the RMD is calculated on the balance of your IRA at the end of the year. So, you know, if you took 2020, you know, so December 31st, 2019, the balance of your IRA, that's what you calculate your 2020 RMD to be. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, in the first quarter, you know, it was down 30 percent in value. Perhaps right. I mean, I'm just using that, right. you know, in other words, so, so you have to take out this RMD that's based on a value. And, and also if you're taking out that point, you're selling low, you know, remember they always tell you buy low, sell, sell high. high, not sell low. Right. And so Which here you may not have a choice. So here the government saying you have to take this money out. It's based on a number that's not really in existence anymore. It was an inflated number. If I uh, a value that's and long gone, you got to do it while it's low. So that's the reason we don't exactly have that circumstance today. Mm-hmm. OK, we still have the covid, but we have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. We still have financial risk, but things are opening up. Okay. And last time I checked, the stock market wasn't crashing yet. Right. Setting new time highs. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm going to go out and right now and say, you know, maybe you can wait. You can see if we do have a market crash and maybe they'll suspend RMDs again. But I'm thinking right now. Okay. So let's get to the rules. Because remember the other thing that happened was, you know, you know um, we get the question, well, Mark, when is my required minimum date supposed to begin? Because we had a little tax law change. Right, right? the SECURE Act. Right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the SECURE Act, which passed in December of 2019, yes, increased the RMD age from 70 and a half to 72. But if you were already taking required minimum distribution, you didn't get to delay it. Yes. In other words, as long as you did not attain age 70 and a half prior to January 1st of 2020. Right. Then you defaulted to the then 72. you are now eight years required minimum is now age 72. Now, you still have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain age 72. So, okay. Um, now, if you do, though, wait until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain age 72, you will then have to do a second RMD by December 31st of that same year. So in effect, you'll be taking two RMDs in one tax year, and that may be costly. Or it may not be if you were working in wages. It's planning ahead. For some people, it makes sense. Other people, it makes no sense. That's why you don't ask your neighbor when they start it. And you also don't wait until you have to take it till you're in a situation where you have minimum required distribution to start thinking about your distributions from these IRA company plan tax qualified right. assets. Right. We you al- want to plan ahead. Right. We always say that you don't wait till 72 to start learning about required minimum and distribution. By the rules. way, I know we're we're getting short on time, but also if you take two minimum required distributions, just saying if you're single or depending on your where your threshold is, you might just go over a threshold for Medicare B premiums. And I don't think because I took two minimum required distributions in a year is a reason to for them to to fill out an appeal form. Right. And you also don't want to miss the RMD, right? Because there's a 50 percent penalty. Ouch. Um, All right. So but because of the tax issue of taking two in one year, you know, a lot of people don't wait until April 1st, right? Um, mm-hmm. They take their first RMD in the calendar year they attain age 72. And you can do that. Mm-hmm. So to stay out of that two in one year, right? Um, and by the way, you don't have to wait to the month you attain age 72. In mm-hmm. other words, let's say you attain age 72 in July. No, you can take the RMD because it's calculated the January balance, right? right? It's already known. You can take it any month during the year you turn 72. Okay. All right. Um, 
sometimes we get that question, right? Um, now, as I said, you know, you don't want to miss it um, because, you know, that. Now, if you did miss one. Okay. Okay. Don't panic. Okay. You have to go through a, a multi-step process, basically, right? You know, there is an IRS form. It's 5329. It's additional taxes on qualified plans and other tax favorite accounts. It becomes part of your 1040 tax filing that year, right? Um, and on that, you want to request a waiver because this is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you feel you missed the deadline due to a reasonable cause, maybe COVID, I don't know. You don't have to worry about it last year, right? Because it was uh, waived, but um, COVID's still around this year. Okay. The IRS has been very lenient, you know, in waiving that 50% penalty. You know, so you write a letter, you attach it to the 1040 and the 530, you know, the 5329 form. And, you know, a lot of CPAs, a lot of tax professionals advise don't pay the 50% up front. The excise tax, right? You right. Know, instead, follow the instructions for requesting a waiver. And if the IRS does not grant you that waiver, you know, you will be notified accordingly. Okay. Um, now, I get some questions sometimes. Mark, I thought I heard that the RMD is going to age 75. Hmm. Um, well, not yet. Okay. It's not yet. But that, you know, that, that was in the draft versions of the right. Secure Act 2, Carrie. Right. Remember, the Secure Act 1 was passed in 2019. There's a Secure Act 2 floating around Congress. And yes, part of that original draft was to increase it to age 75. Sometimes I get the question, Mark, I heard that the, my RMDs this year will be lower because the government changed the life expectancy tables. Not yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. The li- yes, the government did change the life expectancy tables. It does not go into effect till next year, okay. 2022. Um, so, and it's not a big change either. Um, it's not going to make or break your plan, but, um, you go from that. Now the other, we get a lot of confusion about Mark. I don't need my RMD. So I just want to convert it over to Roth. Mm, No, you're not allowed. This is, you know, you are not, the law does not allow you to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. Right. Okay. Um, but. If you want to do an additional amount above your RMD, mm-hmm. an IRA distribution above that, yeah, that can be converted to Roth IRA. Okay. Um, but you got to follow the rules. In other words, you got to get your RMD done first. Mm-hmm. Get that done before you execute any Roth conversions. Make okay. it two separate transactions. All right. Um, now, um, and also, when you, if you're planning the Roth conversions, Try to plan it so you you don't have to do withholding on your Roth conversion to pay for it because that washes out some of the benefit. If you don't, I don't have time to go into that right now, come see us or call us for a free consultation. We'll walk you through that calculation. But the idea is so when we have a client who has an RMD and they're also planning on doing a Roth conversion to max out, carry one of those thresholds that they want to max out, we first say, well, let's get the RMD done first. And then let's make the withholding election we need on the RMD because we can't convert that to Roth anyways. Now we get that done. We got the withholding done. Now we wait later in a year. If we still got the tax room to do the Roth conversion, we do the Roth conversion. We don't have to worry about withholding on it. And now we're getting the biggest bang for our buck and we followed the rules. All right. And that's a good reason to call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.